The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Yair Rodriguez will be your winner by TKO due to injury. I think this can get you a title shot. Of course, of course. Who, who wouldn't say no to that, right? Bueno, viva Mexico. Yair Rodriguez! Welcome to UFC Unfiltered. Please tell me that's on video. I've never been happier. I'm made for a fucking podcast. That's dangerous. Listen to me, we're at it. Welcome to UFC Unfiltered, Matt. Hi, Jimmy. And I, we have a busy show today. We're going to be uh, joined by Chief, uh, sorry, Chef. I keep saying Chief because he's ex-military. Chef Andre Rush. Uh, really a fascinating guy. And of course, Jair Rodriguez, who won that. Um, it's what's why that? You, not why you said it. No, I said what? That's not why you said, oh, he's ex-military. That's why I called him uh, a, a chief instead of chef. When you look at chef, it looks like chief. Let's be honest. Oh, it does. Yeah, but I wasn't looking at it when I said it. Well. I, I know his name is uh, not- Chef Andre Rush, but I always see, I always hear that as Chief Andre Rush because he was military. But yeah, you're right. That could well, be a visual well, mistake. Why am I? Why am I looking to split hairs with my good friend? I like. Yeah, I would tell you. Wearing black shirts. Yo, Yair is here. <laughs> Sorry. Yes, I got he excited. is. Yair is here. Yes, you did, and that's right? exactly the enthusiasm over that uh, that uh, I, very Jimmy, uh, unfortunate ending to the fight. Jimmy, I had, well, listen, he had him in an arm bar. Jimmy. Yep. I went to my thirty year reunion. Let's talk about that thirty year reunion. Oh yeah. yes. We talked to the great Yair Rodriguez. And they were dry. They were dry. It was in the first round. So I don't we're, know how. Uh, we're, we're talking about this. We're going to yeah. talk about this with Yair. Uh, yeah, I want to know. I how- want, let, me, let, me, let me start this thing off. Don't be a prick. I don't know. You've got to take my question. I won't. What are you going to ask him? I'll, I'll avoid it. No. Okay. I'm Jimmy, I'm Jimmy. I need a hug. I, I, I'm a little while. I'm being like. I'm coming being, in hot. I'm being like somebody like, a, like if the wife doesn't give you a sex for a while, you're like. Ugh. I mean, I know that I want sex. I don't want sex with you, Jimmy. Hope not. But I, I, not at all, you know. But I do want a hug. What's up, Yair? Hey, how are you, man? How are you, man? I'm good, man. Good to see you. Now, look, look, right out of the bat, I know, I know it might be loud over there. I'm, I'm pretty loud, too, though. You know, everybody's saying about this fight, oh, it's a disappointment because, because you know the way it ended. But let's all, he didn't, tri- and I like Brian, I like everybody involved, but he didn't trip and hurt his shoulder on the fucking octagon floor. You had him threatened by an arm lock, 
Yes, he got out of the arm lock, but he got out by yanking out. It's not like we got out, like, you know, and yes, he escaped it, but by yanking out, he kind of, he, he fucked his shoulder up. And he did that because you had him in jeopardy with an arm lock. Am I fucking crazy, Jimmy? I'm Jimmy, like, and I, I'm not shitting on Brian because I like Brian. And that fight. No, I, of course. I wanted to see, like, I mean, I don't know. But he did have him in jeopardy with that arm lock, and that's what made the shoulder come out. Am I the only guy saying this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah you're I, the only guy saying this? Did anybody ever bring that up to you? Like, or are they just saying, oh, too bad you didn't no. get to finish it? Like, actually, people bring it up, like, in the conference prints to me. You know, and I actually thank the guy. I was like, hey, bro, thank you for saying it. You know, thank you for saying it because everybody was saying it's a TKO or whatever. You know, my action lead to that dislocation. That was my action. You know, I take action on the armbar, right? Yeah. He yanked, he yanked the arm. He was trying to get out of the, of the armbar, yank it, and he pulled his shoulder. You know, it was... Uh, an action from me that lead to that, you know? So I don't think, uh, I don't know, like it's never enough for people, you know? Like people is always thinking that I win my mistake or by luck or it was some uh, lucky elbow or this or that, you know? I don't know what else I have to do in order for, to gain some <laughs> little respect, you know? But, you know, I think I just have to show my work and that's it, you know? But people can say whatever they want to say, the results are there, the fight, was won by me, and uh, I think at the end of the day, it's all what matters. And you looked good in the fight too. Do you do you think because you know Ortega is so dangerous on the ground? Do you do you think you surprised him a little bit on the ground, and that he was not expecting you to be as effective on the ground as you were? No, he say he said in an interview like uh, I don't think Jair is bad in the ground. You know, I don't think he has a bad defense. He knew. You know, I train, I train uh, at the gym. He trains at with the coaches. He trains with. And uh, you know, uh, his manager was my manager before, so they they kind of know me well, you know. So they know they know what I'm capable of doing. I'm sure they told them. I'm sure they told them, hey, you know, he's not too bad in the ground, whatever. Be careful here or there, you know. But I think I surprised him a little, you know. Whenever we, we hit the floor, for sure. And yeah, yeah, he immediately fell back, and you didn't you didn't jump on him or hit him. Did you feel it, or did he did he make a noise, or what happened? Like you immediately. They seemed to know he was really hurt. He hit me a quick tap, you know, when I, he was oh. like trying to pull the, the arm out of the, the situation, he, he kind of tapped quick, you know, he hit me a, a quick tap. I felt it. And then he, I felt like he was like trying to release the pressure. So I let him, I let him go and I went and shake, you know, used to see if I could, I would have to continue, but the ref stopped the fight. So I was like, okay, I had no need to keep on fighting no more. You know, the fight's over. Yes, and I was also interested too. You, you seem to you you talked about not sparring uh, anymore. When, I want to ask too. When did when did you stop doing that? And was there anything that motivated you to stop doing that, or did you see that Max had stopped doing it? What kind of made you say I'm not going to really spar much anymore? No, I I have been doing this for years. You know, this is not um, I last thing uh, stopped for me. You know, I've been doing this for years. Like I I don't really spar that much. You know, or I ask my training partner say, you know, you want to hit me. Hit me hard anywhere you want to hit me, but in the face, you know, like no, no, no hard in the, in the, you know, in, in the head. You know, you can we can connect a little bit or whatever, you know. But especially for this training camp, I think I only did one sparring session or not at all, you know. And it was like really just just moving around, not 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 hard, you know, at all. I just trying to take care of my body injuries. Normally, I get injured during during um, sparring. 
you know. So I don't I don't like doing sparring too much. You know, I don't think you need it. I don't think you need it too much. You know, in order for you, if you're healthy, if you're uh, in physical shape, you're mentally prepared. Everything else will be there. It is interesting, though. It is a fine line with that, right? Yeah, yeah. Because at some point in your training, developing to be the fighter you are, you kind of need to simulate the fight somewhat. And I'm with you on protecting your brain, and you know how to fight now. But to become the fighter you are, you never want to first feel a, a, a punch to the face in a real fight. You know what I mean? It's 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 a weird. It's it's kind of a hard. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm with you 100. percent You're you're obviously working for you, working for guys like Max Holloway. Like you guys are taking this approach, but at some point, you kind of have to have that hard sparring. No, at some point. Yeah, it's just like like I'm saying, it's like moving around, like strategy wise, uh, yes. tactical, tactical, technical, uh, but not hurting each other, not trying to get your head off. You know, because that won't really help. The only thing you're going to hurt yourself. You're going to hurt yourself. You're going to hurt your opponent because no matter what, I can take a punch. You know, I, I already have shown that. And I don't think there is a clue about that I, if I can take or not a punch, you know. That's not a clue about that, you know. Uh, I have shown that in the fight. But I don't like to take any more damage outside, you know, of the cage, you know. So I want to have a... A career, a life after my career. I want to be healthy up here. You know, I want to be healthy. I want to be as best as I can. You know, so that's what I'm just uh, avoiding that as much as I can. Well, you're healthy now, and you got out of this fight unscathed. It's a win, right? I mean, like, so how soon do you want to get in there, Brian? People are saying run it back. He's probably gonna be out a while with his shoulder. We gotta move forward. What is next? What's going on? I mean, who, who do we want? Yeah, I want the champ. That's 100%. I want, I want Alexander Volkanovsky. The ideal scenario would fight in Alexander Volkanovsky in Australia, you know, his hometown, his land. That would be the perfect scenario. You know, that would be, that would be crazy, amazing. You know, I was, you know, I was wanted to go to Australia. So it would be amazing for me. It doesn't matter where it is. You know, for me, I'm, I'm glad to fight anywhere. You know, especially if he's against the champion. Now they're respecting him even more after his last performance. He looked incredible. So it'll be an honor for me to fight him, you know. So hopefully he gets better. Hopefully the UFC gave me the opportunity to go and fight him. And uh, I'll be ready, you know. I'll be ready to give them war. Yeah, I mean, you're the next logical choice. I mean, Max has fought him three times. Brian's uh, uh, fought him and lost and is hurt and just lost to you. You're obviously the next uh, guy. I, I think it'd be, uh, you don't need another fight before then. Um, yeah, I think you'd be crazy to uh, to take another fight before that if you don't have to. I think the same, exactly the same. You know, no matter what anybody says, you know, I think I think exactly like that. But th thank you for saying it. You know, if I say it, if I if I'm if I'm doing if I'm the first one on, on doing that, it will be like oh, that, that, whatever this and that, or it's my turn, or I deserve it, whatever. You know, I have fight like almost everybody in the top five. Uh, you know, and I've, I've been there for a while now, so. Yeah, the next logical option is me. And, and I, yeah. I believe it's gonna it will sell and sell hard, man, because it's uh it's such a intriguing matchup because Volkanovsky, he's taken out all different types of fighters, like you know, but you're a unique type of fighter, and you got that X factor where it's hard to train for you, man, because you got such such I feel unique, unique stuff in your arsenal, you know. So I I mean I think that would be a wild fight, man. Get my money. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, it will be a wild fight. Uh, I think Volkanovski is real quick, explosive, he's smart. You know, he he always has his strategy on point. I just think it's gonna it's gonna be a real a little harder for him to find me. You know, especially because I have a different approach to every opponent. And it's not always the same. You know, I I always bring something different in each fight. So I think I'm gonna be able to adjust as I have to adjust in order for me to win that fight, the title. And uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. You know, I'm just excited about my future right now. Excited about what's coming. And I'm ready. I'm ready to take the opportunities that are ahead of me. And, and I thought the fight with Brian up, up to the point that ended was very close. Brian thought he was winning on all counts, but I didn't agree with that. I, I, I thought that your striking looked great. Um, uh, I, I thought the, those kicks you were throwing up the middle looked great. I thought you, 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 were, you were very accurate. How did you feel it was going up until that point? Yeah, I feel I feel really good. I hear uh, I hear him saying the same thing. You know, he was uh, he thought he was winning the fight. I think if you look into the graphics or the numbers, I think I was connecting more punches. You know, the only thing he trying to do is like control me in the cage and uh, try and take me down. But even there, I was connecting more punches than him. Uh, I won't say he didn't connect a couple of punches. He's strong. He's good. But I connect the. Um, most amount of uh, punches, uh, clear punches, hard punches, low kicks, high kicks, uh, knees. Uh, I did uh, the the armbar attempt. Everything was there, you know. So no matter no matter what he said or anybody says, you know the the graphics are, are there and the result is there as well. So what were you doing up against the cage? Uh, it was the first time he grabbed a hold of you, and he and you did break free. You were doing so. You were putting your heel into his uh, calf. You were doing something that he obviously was not happy with. What were you doing? You were kicking him up against the cage. What exactly were you doing? Yeah, I was using my heel. It's something that I always use, you know, uh, with my training partners. Uh, I told them, like, look, like it's. Uh, I like I like doing it a lot, you know, because it's like really annoying, you know. It's like a calf kick but with a heel inside, in, in the inside part of the calf. So it really, if you do it or let somebody do it to you, it's annoying, it's painful, it's really painful. You know, it's like a shin split, it feels like a shin split, you know? And doing that for more than 20 times, I think I hit him like over 20 times with that heel. Of course he wasn't happy with that, you know? It's painful, it's really painful. If a single low kick or a little knee into your leg, it hurts. Can you imagine a heel to your calf? You give yeah. one of those to Jimmy, he's tapping out. He's not being yeah. Oh, I've been kicked before. I have had fighters kick. I had John Jones kick me. I literally couldn't walk for three months. It was really awful. So, yeah. Um, I hope you get the next shot. I think you deserve it. Um, the next the next shot of Okanovsky, I, I think, is, is yours, and it will be fair. Um, because, again, you, you the way the fight ended is the way it ended. But, again, you won the fight. So, hopefully, you'll get this shot. Do you have any time, uh, time frame as to when that might happen? Or you have no idea. Yeah, I don't know what's going to happen in between here and there, but, um, you know, I'll stay ready. I'll stay um, healthy. I'll talk to the UFC, uh, hear what they have to say, and just move forward, you know. I'm just ready to, to move forward in my life and my career. I'm ready to take these big opportunities that are, that are ahead of me, and I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm happy, and I'm motivated. Hey, celebrate. Don't let anybody or anybody to say hey, fucking anything. Brian took you down. He took you down into jeopardy. Into fuck. He thought the take. All right, I finally got him down. Fuck my arm. Let me get out of here. Hey, man, if you didn't react, he would have settled in and it might have been trouble. But you reacted. The fight ended in your favor. Congrats, bro. Yeah, congratulations. Thank you, Thank you guys. I really appreciate you. Thank you for your time. Thank you yes. for the words.
I'll see you guys soon. Okay, right, we'll talk to you soon, man. Congratulations. Be good. Yeah, thank you guys. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Did the guns on him. Oh my god, what is that? Creatine chef. What protein. What's up, man? I'm a big fan, brother. How you guys doing? How are big you? Man, awesome, awesome. I, I like that art behind you. Is that you with a mask on being a chef? So that's from my guys from the special forces. So we did a lot of training together. And every time someone leaves, they are dedicated. So you put a, like a skull face on them, like a lot of the guys that did a lot of different missions. And uh, that was a dedication they gave to me. Uh, love the guys. Do you, you do any jujitsu? Because if you don't know a Kimura, that would be a damn shame. So I do. So military, of course. Uh, we we actually adapted uh, um, uh, Gracie's jujitsu in two thousand and three. Yes. Right. So Great. that was combatives. yeah, exactly. Combatives. That was one, two, and three. So I was one of the teachers for that. Now, when you left the military, did you start cooking in the military, or was that something you did as a kid? How did that How did that translate to where you are now? You know, um, cooking was a hobby. I'm from Mississippi. I'm from the South. So love to eat. I didn't get to eat a lot because I was from Mississippi. <laughs> and I had a lot of brothers and sisters. Um, <clears throat> but it was something I did with fun with my mom. So it was just like that comfort food, that soul food type of deal. And it was just a hobby of mine. And I had no idea that it would become my profession. I, I Later on in the military, I got blown up at 9-11 in the Pentagon when he got hit in Iraq, Afghanistan. Did a lot of different things. And I use a technique called cooking to cope. So I use it for therapy. So it became a therapy tool for me, along with working out and along with fighting. So all those things and nutrition, it was just, you know, everybody had their own flavor and phase. But, you know, one of the things you're going to do every day is eat. Well, you know, of course, eating is one of those things. Now, you say you, you, uh, you I know you were in the Pentagon on 9-11 when it got hit. And, and did that cause depression or did you have depression before that, that that made worse? Or like, how did that happen to you? That caused PTSD. I wasn't depressed. <laughs> oh, PTSD. Uh, big difference. <clears throat> you know, with anxiety, depression, I worked at a very high level. I still work at a high level. And um, I, was a, I was young back then. I didn't know what that meant. So I was with a lot of my guys that we trained together, like uh, the DOD, the cops, the squats, all those guys. I lost a lot of people in that. And long story short was one day, uh, I was also in recovery. Uh, one day they said, uh, came to the guys and said, hey, you guys need to talk to someone, talk to someone. And a lot of my guys who were older were like, you know what, chef, you need to go talk to someone. And I was like, well, my command, you know, hey, my leaders, I might want to talk to someone. They were like, 
Do you like your job? <laughs> Roger, got it. Walked away. That was back then. It was a big stigma that went along with it with PTSD and, and you know, and us being who we are, the manly men, and especially if you're in a certain position and uh, style, it was just, is it was just it was just it was just a job. So I kind of hid behind the cooking aspect a lot, along with the working out. And then uh, later on, when I actually went into therapy, I started doing a thing with the USO called Cooking and Cope. You know, kind of like um, coping triggers, coping depression, anxiety, that social uh, distance from you know men and women with their spouses and their kids. And we started cooking as therapy. Now, do you only do, I'm, I'm going right to, being a fatty, I, I get right to the food. Do you only do, <laughs> I know he has a really, really important topic, so I want to know. Uh, I want to get into all the charity stuff, but seriously, the, do you just, do you do any kind of like Italian food or anything, or you just, your thing is the soul food? Italian? Hell yeah, I do. What do you just? I don't know. I don't know. You, I thought you were like, oh, well, I, was just, I was just, I was just, um, at a uh, Italian restaurant. I love Italian food, especially authentic. You know, a couple of my guys, matter of fact, the one who gave me this, his, his family's from Italy. Yeah. I that with him. And uh, I mean, here's the thing about me is um, people think I'm like this health, health nut and I died or whatever. I am not. If, if I, I, I have to pay. So if I'm doing it, I got to pay the piper and I, I pay gladly. You know, it's just like rent every day, your card note, everything. I don't, Try to go by it. I still want to enjoy life, right? So it gets to that point where it becomes so uncomfortable where you just think that you have to do this, 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 and this, and this. And the truth of the matter is that you got to do this and this and this and that, but you got to also pay that price for it. You know, that's a lot of things that people need to know to make up for it. And, you know, of course, I tell the first thing I tell people to do, get your blood work checked, make sure there's no uh, pre-diagnosed with, you know, uh, DNA and blah, 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 all that good stuff. But I also tell them to live life, but be cautious. You can't eat all the fatty stuff. You can't eat all that. You got simple and complex carbohydrates. You have good flats and bad fats and all that. Just know the difference and be knowledgeable of it. But I now love you, love food. Now, you cooked in the White House, I guess, through four administrations, uh, Obama, Trump, Bush, and Clinton. Um, it, it, are the, the different ones, do you have to learn their different tastes? I imagine Trump was the easiest because he liked fast food. So there's probably a lot more ordering out. Um, do you have to learn each guy and go, all right, well, this is the kind of the direction I go in with this, with this president. Well, everybody like what I cook them. They ain't got no yeah. choice. I guess not. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, seriously. You kind of get what it, each one comes with like a cheat sheet, right? So I did it for a lot of different people and, and people, you learn their flavor profiles, what they like, what they don't like. And then you learn if they're going to be parts where they're givers and takers, meaning givers mean that, you know, they want to go and kind of protocol for all of the guests you know we got to go through a lot of different things religious cultures just every everything is scrutinized on that part of it and then it comes down to the principle which is you know lotus pope floatus potus and what they want to give back and what they want to do you know do they want to make it a big hurrah do they want to just kind of keep it like a little bit you know nice and petite uh a lot of times it was um like with the obamas for instance they had the garden so everything had to come from the garden. That was one of the rules for it. You could do a million things with vegetables. You know what I mean? And so, and then like you said with Trump, Trump wasn't as, you know, he had a different mindset. They had a different role. So his things were kind of, I use the word dumbed down a little bit. So when you, what is it, when you're in the White House, how, how long are you working there until you meet the, a president for the first time? And how long are you working there before you're just 
you're used to seeing the president walk through the kitchen. Like, how long does that take to adjust to where you just, oh, it's the president of the United States in the kitchen? I'm going to be very honest with you. Uh, when I first went there, I was a young and I, I, the way I got in, I literally, I had an opportunity. I went inside. I didn't look left or right. I didn't, ooh, uh, I had a job to do because in the back of my mind, the way I grew up in Mississippi was somebody wanted me to fail. So I didn't have time to, I'm not, I've never been a fanboy. You know what I mean? So even when the president came, I paid no attention. Even when she came, I paid no attention. Same way I am today. I just know I have a job to do. So with my mindset, I was already used to it, even though I had never seen anyone whatsoever. You know, it was just work is first and then everything else is afterwards. Yeah, I guess. And also being in the military, I guess that teaches you a certain mindset and discipline when you're around dignitaries or or important or whatever the person is. It just teaches you a certain way of conducting yourself, I guess. Uh, yes and no. It, all, it also depends on the individual. We get some fan people I have to slap back in place and say, you know, hey, we're working. Stop. Stop it. You know, now your book, by the way, it's called uh, Call Me, uh, Call Me Chef, Damn It. It's a veteran journey from the rural south to the White House. And uh, I wish I would have had a copy of this first because you're such an interesting guy. Yeah. And the way you talk about your own, your own, uh, you know, just battling depression and these things that you don't hear a lot of. Do you find that it's hard, like, to stop yourself when you're spiraling? Like, I would go through spirals where there's almost a chemical being dumped from your brain that you can physically feel in your upper chest, and it's very hard to stop it when it starts. No, you know what? You said that perfectly. I love the way you uh, put that. And it's, it's hard because you look at guys like us, and we do have that stigma, you know, like a fighter, like Matt, like you, you know, laughing, comedians, and, and you know, me working and doing what I am and 24-inch biceps and doing all the push-ups. <clears throat> but you don't think what's going on internally. I said, never judge a book by its cover. You know, you don't know what's going on with a person. And it was hard because I was in uh, inpatient for four months and I was another inpatient for s- almost six months and I was an outpatient for a year. Nobody would never think that. And I just fought the whole time. And their remedy for me, I'm not going to lie to you, was medication. I was sedated <laughs> like the whole time. I was a big guy. I was I wasn't aggressive, but I was very direct and transparent. And when you're that, people look at you differently. You can't speak your voice without them thinking something otherwise. You know, one person can say the same thing they said, but they'll think of it as being calm. I said they'll think of me being aggressive just because of our look and our demeanor. So I was given a lot of different things. And I, I, I'm serious. It was just it was terrible for me. And one day uh, I quit cold turkey with everything I was doing. And I was going on my therapy sessions, which I still do. And um, uh, one day, nothing was working. I, I was fighting. I was fighting everything I was doing. And then I found out that my therapy for me was instead of trying not to accept it, was to accept it. So like when I meditate in the morning, I think about everything negative. Here's the deal, because negativity is going to be around you. You can't be around positive people all the time. They're going to run right. over you. They're going to get your finger. And I, I had to embrace that. And so I fed off of that. And then what I also fed off of was people, right? So if I met, you know how they say one bad apple spawns a whole bunch, I can have a hundred bad apples and that one person would save me because they showed me who they were. And they reminded me of who I am and why I'm here and what I'm doing. So I kind of use, I use people as my therapy and of course kids and, you know, other different causes about that, but I feed off of people are my coping tools. When people are depressed, Sometimes it's a chemical imbalance. Like sometimes training, the, nat- the natural endorphins that come with training, 
for me at least, could help with anxiety, depression, and all those things. But other times it's a little deeper where they, they have a chemical imbalance. How do you know? How do you know what you're dealing with with that? You know what? You, you know, and, and it is. And I have to go back to that and, 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 and piggyback off of you on that part. It is a chemical. People don't understand that part of it. You know, I, I'm going to be honest with you. It's hard because I can explain it because I get that a lot. I mean, I cry. I mean, I cry sometimes for no reason. I go in, I go into this thing and just want to sit in the corner and I embrace it. And I tell people, maybe that's what you do because some people like to fight it. You know, some people got to fight it and they, they let it overwhelm them, you know, instead of accepting that part of it and then going to the same people are like-minded or people with true hearts. And, you know, not like the, I use the word where people just have to go through the cabin and say, oh, you okay? How you doing? It'll get better. That's BS. And you know it is, right? Especially if you got family members or friends or people that really do care about you. But if you do have something like that, you do need to go. You need do need to get checked because if it's a chemical imbalance, sometimes you may need something to boost it up. And sometimes medication is necessary. Sometimes you have to take that part where it's like, okay, I got it. You know, like I was just overworked and I had hiccups for the last six weeks, right? And I'm like, I'll get over it, I'll get over it. And at the point I was on a plane coming back from Mississippi, I just received the, the, um, the um, key to the city and I'm on a plane throwing up, right? I couldn't tape down anything, even water. I'm like, oh my God, what is going on? I go to the doctor, they know me and I'm like, it's your work, it's, it's work. You're working yourself so much. Your body is like, hey, slow down for a second. You're taking on so much energy and so many different things that you got to stop. But that's the part what you just said, Matt, is where it's that chemical imbalance where you're trying to fight it and I had took a, they gave me a shot, IV, took me a couple of pills and the hiccup stopped. And I was like, damn it, you know, okay. It, it's a reminder that we are not Superman, <laughs> you know. Right. Superman. And it's frustrating too, when you're talking to someone, when you said you're in recovery, do you mean uh, from being uh, from depression or from drugs and alcohol? Do you mean like uh, sober recovery? Re- recovery from um, which part? Uh, I thought you said you were in recovery before. Maybe I'm incorrect. Maybe I'm I was impatient. So I was impatient. Oh, okay. I was impatient. So impatient, I was in there for PTSD, anxiety, okay. depression. Um, I had some drinking use, uh, but I took, I took medication for that also. It was a pill where if you take it and you drink. Antibuse? What is, is, yeah, that's it. Antibuse, yeah. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, terrible, terrible. <laughs> yeah, that's what I've heard, yeah. I was asking because it's hard when you're talking to people who are like depressed or they're struggling and you know the right things to say to them, but they're not ready to hear it. It's very hard to do, you know, people who are family or friends who are just like, no, but you don't. And it's like they just you can't penetrate it if there's not if there's no desire by them to be penetrated. But you know what's funny about that is it can be like a relationship. You can be with your spouse or your loved one, your girlfriend, boyfriend. And you'll try to talk civilized to them and they won't hear anything. And then a complete stranger come over and say the exact same thing. You say, yeah. oh, I got it. I got it. <laughs> like, what the hell? I just told you that. People, it's just the way that people think. It's the way they communicate. And sometimes it takes that outside. You'll be surprised. I get, and when I say that I take on a lot of energy, is like I answer all of my messages, all my DMs, all of my things, because I have to vet people. I get people with suicide ideation, depression, sexual abuse. I mean, just people who just feel out of it. And I, and I give my time. I do. I give that five minutes. If, give, if it takes five minutes to save someone's life, I'll do that. That's not a problem. I'll do that easily, you know, even if it's taken away from me, you know, because sometimes that one person's life that you saved, which is always equal, can save a million more along with me. 
Now, Chef, are you a married guy? No, I'm just, I'm just here. You're just here. <laughs> now, listen, I, this is the thing. I, it's, we're dating. I couldn't make somebody a, a fucking grilled cheese sandwich. You, my friend, were you ever trying to date? Do you ever say, hey, listen, let me make a nice meal for you? I mean, that's got to be a. They love it. Uh, uh, you know, uh, is, is, it, is it politically correct to say panty dropper? Oh, I was going to say, <laughs> but I, it was, I can't say that. I, I can't, you can. <laughs> By the way, give me a new co-host next time on Unfiltered. Not only fucking right. But seriously, now, Jimmy, do you ever try to? It's cook a fair question. Food? Women, women like it when you cook. Anyone likes it when you cook. No matter who you're dating, they liking like someone who can cook anybody. for them. But do you, yeah, you no, ever, no. did you ever date for a, a, a date? Did you ever cook for a date or no? Uh, I have, I have, I've, I've done that a, a couple times in, in, in the past. You know, now I just gotta flex a little bit, and then the cooking is just like that added on. And you know, especially if you're a man that treats a woman right. You know, as you, you have that dying trade on there where it's like, I'm very particular and all that. I'm respectful. I'm from the South. You know, I talk, I open doors. I do all those things you're supposed to do. And uh, cooking is just my hobby. I mean, I love cooking. So I'm also a pastry chef, my master ice carver. I do a lot of different things in that part of it. And, it, and you're right about that. You do get treated like, oh my God, you can cook. You can do right. this, this, this. I'm marrying you. I want you. Here's my baby. Yes. <laughs> So wait, you're an ice car. I did read that. So that like, do you make those beautiful ice sculptures? I do. I do. Oh, I make, those are awesome. Yeah. I uh, actually have a, I have one show coming. I'm not supposed to say this, but it's coming out in a couple months. It'll be on Disney where you're going to see that. And then I actually started filming another show. I'm with Gordon Ramsay, so I can't say anything about that, but that happens next month also. Are so, you an artist? Sorry to interrupt you. Are you an artist, like a sculptor at all to, to do something like that? I am. I'm actually a sugar puller. Um, I, uh, I paint like this. I also do chocolate sculptures. I do tallow. I do wood. I, I love things that just like I'm all over the place. I just all over it. You know how they say um, a master. I, I master everything. I just want to know how to do it. Jimmy. That's why no, it's not surprising that that's where the depression comes. The creative people, there's always a, a, a little bit of crazy that comes with, with the ability to be creative. It, it's kind of, it's, it's hand in hand. Yeah. It, like they say, it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's very positive. You got such a, yes. very, very, such a positive energy about you. It's very, you know, I like it. I like it a lot. Andre. I appreciate that. I mean, it's a lot. Same with you guys, you know? And you, well, you do now. I, I don't like push-ups. Now I know how many you do. My first thought was, I wonder if you, if it was it an OCD thing. But then I, I heard one of the reasons that you do two thousand two hundred and twenty-two. It was a representation in the two twenty-two, correct? It, it is. So uh, twenty-two best commit suicide a day, and I use that as my foundation for being in the military with the twenty-two best. But I also cut out with um, the spouses and then the kids, and then I tell people, and it went from that because I had a million people doing push-ups, and we did like almost like almost. 600 some million push-ups you know and i said to him is not a mental health is an epidemic right and even with suicide or suicide is is between ages 11 and 20 29 is a number two right on the charts in the u.s all throughout is number 10 right and you think about that put that in perspective this is mental health this is mental wellness right that you're thinking about and i tell people it's what it's not my cause it's what your cause is push whatever you want to push for yeah, you know, I get pushback like push-ups doesn't you know stop suicide. And I'm like, does pouring some water on somebody's head stop ALS? Does walking for cancer stops cancer? Is the right. Santa Claus Santa Claus is this right? Do you want to take that from your kids? I mean, guys, be quiet and just support. If you can't do it and you won't want to do it, 
move over. Let everybody else do it. Don't rain on everybody's play. I get this from military, non-military, or however it's going to be, but I'm going to still keep doing what I do. And the thing about me is I'm also an endurance trainer. So uh, it doesn't just happen overnight. I started this a long time ago. This I'm old school. <laughs> this is not, everybody else is catching up now. You know what I'm talking about, Matt, right? Yes. I <laughs> love push-ups. Yeah, exactly. I mean, this this is this is old school right here, you know, and people don't get that. They just they're so used to saying you can't because they can't or they haven't even tried, you know. But that was one way with me being a strategic on that part and doing it with my platform is if I did 22 push-ups a day, it wouldn't get any attention. I, mean, I got 24 inch biceps or 25, whatever they are. They'd be like, man, you can do more push-ups than that. And that's what I did. And I wanted you to not ask, wow, it's a lot of push-ups. I want you to say, why 2,222? What's significant right. about that number? And everybody says that. It, so it, it makes you, perfect sense, yeah. You do those push-ups. When do you do those push-ups? You do the, you do how many? In the morning. In the morning. So I get up at 3 in the morning, I meditate, and then I push. How long does it take you? Like, I, I, I do a good set of 10. I'm good for 10, and then I need to break. Um, yeah. how, what, how many, what are your sets like? Yeah. Uh, I do, um, it takes me about an hour and a half or a little bit more if I'm lazy. Right. So I do. So I do 125 it equals to 1776, which is also significant. Everything I do is for a reason. Wow. So wait, you break it up in how many? You break it up? 125. One Sets of 125. But this is what I do. Tell me if you like this, because just stay in shape. And listen, I don't got biceps like yours. I have no bicep there. I tore that. I have that. But this is what I do, chef. I do like an hour of jujitsu. And then after that, just so I don't like, like lose my shape. Uh, I do 20 push-ups. I turn over. I do 20, 20 crunches. 15, 15, 10, 10, 5, 5. Then I go back up. 5, 5, 10, 10. So it equals um back up to 20, and it equals uh, 100 push-ups. <laughs> so I, that's not like – but I feel good. I feel at the end, I'm like, ah. So I, mean, I know it's not 20, 100 in a row, but when I do that – or I do 20, my buddy does 20. Put his fist underneath me so I go all the way down. Then I do 15, he does 15. Back and forth. Five back to twenty. It's nowhere near yours, but I still feel. Uh, I feel good. And you know, you know what I love what you just said about that is because you said I still feel the best I feel, right? Yeah. So when I, I'm an endurance trainer, when I work out, I, I destroy my body. I tell people don't try to keep up with me. So when I say my training makes my pushups look like child's play. Yeah. I I work out. If I do, I was with Mark Bell doing a thing, and we did uh, dumbbell presses and pushups. We I did. 50 at 225, um, I'm sorry, 25, um, 25 reps at 225, and then 50 push-ups. 225, 50 push-ups. I did that like 15 times, right? And it was like they stopped and they couldn't go on, but I wanted to let them see this is endurance training. It's just for muscle memory, longevity. This is for lifespan, right? When you're younger, you deserve it. But when you get older in the age like you are and we are, everybody is, you know, it's like, okay, they don't look that way. They make excuses. Say, well, I used to do this. I used to do that and so forth. It's not a used to. It's still doing. Yes. You, uh, what is your sleep like? Because I'm a shit sleeper. So I'm always like, any, my endurance is so bad and I'm, I have apnea. Like, how do you sleep? Okay. I, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I don't sleep a lot. Right? I live here and I live in D.C. And I also travel a lot. Literally, I get back on a plane uh, tomorrow. I just got back here two days ago. Three days ago. And uh, I travel constantly and I'm on a lot of different, like I'm actually getting ready to go to Brazil in two weeks, right? Uh, wow. uh, the president, um, <laughs> Bolsonaro, he asked me, he's asked me a few times to come there. But 
uh, the thing about it is that I've worked like this my whole entire life. So people had little memes of things. When I said, I, I did a thing with men's health where I said, sometimes I can sleep two hours a night and sometimes I sleep, you know, four hours a night. Normally I don't get over four to five hours of sleep a night. And they say, how do you do that? Right. And it's hard because, you know, it's kind of, I, I, I have to break it down and dumb it down to people say, have you ever seen a functional drunk? Right. A functional yeah. drunk where they can drink. My brother was a functional drunk. Right. He could drink a whole fifth and you would not even know that even it even existed. But what happens with my body is it's programmed that way, just like my push ups. Right. And then once after, let's say, a few months, I crash and then I do a reset and then it starts back. Now it's, I'm to the point to where I'm like, I need my rest where I have to force myself to start taking some type of medication where I can get more sleep, you know, naturally. Can you fall? Like, I'm so bad at falling asleep and staying asleep. Dr. J said that one of the best uh, attributes he, he had as an athlete was that he said he could sleep on the bus or he could sleep like on the way to the arena. Like he said, he was he could sleep anywhere. And that gave him such an advantage over everybody else. Can you fall asleep while you're traveling? I can't do it on a plane. I can do it if I'm with friends traveling because I trust my mind. Right. Yeah. And I also go in the rim when I'm sleeping short periods. My body's adapted where right away, because it knows I get that sleep, I go to REM right away compared to somebody that can sleep 12 hours and they may get three hours of sleep. Right. And when you were in the, in the Pentagon, when, when it got hit, were you upstairs? I don't know how, the, I've been to the Pentagon once for actually for Wounded Warriors, but I, I don't know how it's structured. Is it, were you downstairs or were you upstairs? I, I was, I was up. So, you know, it was funny because right after that happened, um, they the next day of, I don't know if you remember the paper came out and they showed a diagram of the Pentagon and they showed where at the time my boss and all the Secretary's Army Secretary of Defense they were stacked right on top of each other right but nobody thought that a plane could come and if they hit in the right direction you know that it would take out every national right. security agency you know entity in the Pentagon at once. And so when it hit on us, north side, south side, whatever it was, right, I was over there doing work. And um, they had the gym, which is called the POAC. And right after that, whoever the brink genes was on the media did that. And they actually had to move all of them throughout the whole entire Pentagon. So people would know that. So people would, yeah, or something like that happened again. It wouldn't take out the whole entity. If that makes sense. Right, right, right. Yeah, split them up around the uh, building. Yeah. And then maybe the more important question, when you went to that doctor for the hiccups, did he try to scare you? Did he say, well, chef, let's just be what let's say, boo! And you were like, wow! I'm, I'm always fucking it up. <laughs> he, would have broken, an old he would have had a broken nose. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> the guy tried to scare him to get rid of the hiccups. Yeah. I don't know. That's an old... Yeah, how do you scare a, a guy like Andre? I guess you show him a picture of me and say you could look like this. <laughs> I guess that would be <laughs> terrifying. Uh, and the book is called uh, Call Me Chef, Damn It. It's a veteran's journey from the rural south to the White House. Well, you're a really interesting guy. You have such a full life that you lead. And isn't it crazy that as much as you know that and can write that down on paper, in those moments where things are dark and depressing, like none of those facts mean anything in those moments. You know what I mean? Like sometimes you ever step back and come out of a depression and go, what the fuck? Like, like, I think I have everything that I would have thought that I wanted. and that's not what it takes to make you feel good. You know, and I, I realize that a lot more so now, you know, uh, I mean, I had a friend of mine who just passed uh, like two weeks ago, business partner's friend, billionaire, and great, full of energy, 
you know, did everything, lived life to the fullest, and then he was gone, you know, right the next day after I talked to him. And it was like, wow, this guy, you know, you feel a certain way. And then, you know, I, 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 I you see me in sweats. And I also do a lot of things where I want to see what people think about me, really. You know, when I go travel all the time, I wear my sweats and I'll be in first class. And I want you to judge me because you are going to judge me. It's just human nature. You're going to look at me. You're going to think this person, this person, that person. And I want to know who you really are. And I want you, I want to see who you really are. But I get a lot of that. But that's like my social experiment for myself. You know, I want to see if people still good or if they're this person, or that person. But at the same time is that I realized that I don't have to have a three piece suit on. And I mean, I like my nicer things in life, but I don't have to show it and push it in front of your face to make me feel good about myself because I'm going to feel good about myself regardless. I love sitting in the front of the plane wearing sweatpants. Exactly. I love it. Exactly. Some guy has to wear a suit. It's like, ah, dummy, you have to it's wear a belt. It's the thing in the world. It's right here. <laughs> oh, I look like a pile of shit when I get on a plane. I love it. I, <laughs> and when I get I off. I want to sit by you. That's who I want to sit by. <laughs> you want to be comfortable. <laughs> yes. Um, well, Andre, look, good Good luck uh, with, with the book. It's really, uh, again, there's so much in here. I could, I could talk to you for two hours. Uh, and, and good luck with it. And I, I hope we have you on again. What you're doing is a great thing. Is there any uh, foundation you want to plug or how people can be helpful? Uh, just be helpful. I have my own nonprofit, 222 Inc., which is about... Um, 2222 Inc., um, which is a 50C3, which is about nonprofits, about helping deprived kids and people that are uh, a little bit more difficult because that's what I'm all about. I grew up in a project, so I try to give back. But I'll be honest with you, I support all nonprofits that are worth it out of that and do things like that. Just be good to people, be good to yourself. You are your greatest worth and uh, smile once in a while. Yep. And uh, everybody go out and get this book. That's, that's a great book. What's his Instagram? What is your Instagram? Uh, my Instagram is real chef rush. One word, real chef rush. Oh, you got a new follower in me, buddy. Following you, brother. <laughs> <laughs> nice right. talking to you. Thank uh, you so much for coming on. You're really you, a fascinating God. guy. <laughs> Take care. Talk Take to you care. soon. Nice to meet you. Okay. Be well. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com, to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. went to my uh 30 year reunion you did you said fuck it right yeah fuck it you know what's fucked up though dude like listen are you talking low i can't hear you i am I oh okay i thought maybe like my connection was all messed up <laughs> you know you know why I'm, I'm home i'm home but you know what's fucking funny is uh dude nobody brought their spouse why am i talking i'm not talking too loud am i nobody did what nobody brought their wife you know or husband and, or very few 
But I did. I did. Because yeah. I'm that guy, you know. So, Jimmy, people get excited to see me. I haven't seen him in a while. My, long story short, not a major fight or nothing, but my, you know, my wife afterwards is like, you know, hey, you're a bit of a flirt. And I go, I'm not. I'm not a flirt, Jimmy. I'm just, I haven't seen these people since elementary. And guess what, Jimmy? Not to be that guy, but I kind of did some things. Yeah. I kind of did some things. So when I go to the 30-year reunion, uh, even the guys get sometimes a little, oh, shit, man, I haven't seen you since, you know, you shocked the whole world type of thing. So listen. Yeah. People get happy to see your friend. You see the exact, it's the exact opposite. See, when I see you twice a week, it's the exact opposite look that they give. Now, I'm only kidding. You love I love you. I'm very happy to see you. Uh, Jimmy, so, so you know, I yes. think there might have been some selfies and stuff. So my wife said, hey, you know. So then I'm like, come on, you're, you're, ridic- you're being ridiculous. So then also she shows me a picture on Facebook. She goes, look at this. She goes, look at this bitch. She cropped, and she, the girl, she cropped my wife out of the picture. <laughs> okay, so the picture of me, the girl, like you see like a quarter of my wife's face, like, all right, you might have a point with that chick. I don't even fucking know that girl. But the point is, anyway, listen, the point is, Jimmy, it was a fun time. I, I was happy to see everybody. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, <laughs> and you had fun. Everybody was happy to see you, right? Um, oh, yeah, Jimmy. Jimmy, you're not going to get happy to see me at a party. I mean, I can't imagine how they wouldn't be. Even though I went to one of your parties once, it was so lovely and so good. But I got a little high with, um, what's that tall, uh, with, um, who's the tall, the tall comic? I, I, I don't know, uh, David, not David. Stoner. What the fuck's his name? I don't know. What's his name? The tall stoner. Andrew uh, no, Schultz? Not, no, he was at your party. I know. I fucking... It's bothering the... He's got a voice, a little weird <sighs> tall guy. Dan. Dan Stroder. Dan. Oh, Dan. Oh, oh my. Uh, oh, Dan Soder. Dan Soda. There you go. I was yeah. with him on your balcony. So then, And he's such a cool dude. I like him. Oh, okay. So when I went back inside... I remember, like, he was, like, you, you know, you had your friends there. And I felt like I get a little too talky. I go, I'm going to embarrass Jimmy. That's what I said to myself when I went. So I no. go, I got to leave. I got to leave because I'm going to embarrass my friend Jimmy. You're not going to embarrass me. I did. A little I bit, but not very. I made an excuse. I go, Jimmy, I love you, man. I had a slice of pizza or two. And I go, let me get out of here before people are like, I It was you. a lot of fun. It was fun. Do you remember the party? Yes, you do. I do. Yeah, yeah. I had a great time. I, I want to do it again. I just, I'm getting my apartment's got to be fixed, unfortunately. Jimmy, I, I had a ball. So yeah, Matt, let's talk about the uh, the fights. We already talked to Yair, um, and again, Matt Chanel, Sumadarji, uh, and him had a tremendous fight. It's one of the best rounds of MMA, the most exciting rounds. Uh, Sumadarji was dropping these horrible fucking elbows on him, um, and uh, he just he trialed him and put him out. I mean, I, I couldn't believe he went out like that. Great, well, great fight. I mean, you know. I loved his timing for his takedown. I loved his jujitsu. I loved him getting to mount. I loved him beating him up for mount. Uh, once he lost mount, he did certain. There was listen. He did certain things. Where which fight am I thinking? Of? I'm thinking of Gilbert Burns' brother Herbert Burns. Yes, now that fight. He had now look. Snell is very dangerous jujitsu, right? Now there's two different fighters here. Uh, there's one thing I see in a difference in those in in, in their use of jujitsu. Both very different, very dangerous with the submissions, but Snell had better um, distance management, managing your distance in a fight. Mm-hmm. When you're on bottom, he would offset the balance 
And if that didn't lead to him getting out or getting a, um, a submission, it would lead to setting up a submission or him getting out. And for instance, he's on bottom. What does he do? Uh, when Sumandarji was on top of Chanel, um, he offset his balance with a basic scissor sweep. Uh, he didn't sweep him over. But when he went to keep his balance, all of a sudden, next thing you know, he's in a triangle with Plata. And that led to Chanel having to defend the Plata to, I mean, to either slam him out and then he, uh, not Snell, uh, Sumandarji tried to get Is that when Sumandarji got on top of him? He, was no, on well, the he, tried, to, and he tried to slam him with the with uh, out of it, but it. And then when he did slam him, he used that Plata to reverse and to get on top. So he used his yeah. jiu-jitsu, especially on bottom. If you're not creating distance, you're offsetting the balance. So that's yeah. a picture of somebody trying to knock you out. When, picture you trying to knock somebody out with me grabbing your shoulders, rocking you back and forth. So it's like, by offsetting the balance, they can't set you up to hurt you. When Herbert Burns right. lost his submission, he had his pelvis, his body was more almost like in a fetal position. His hips were low. So there's no creating any kind of distance. So now you're not tying him up. You're not creating distance. You're in distance to get hit. And you're not offsetting his balance. So, fuck, it's nothing but downhill. And that's what happened to Herbert. Yeah. You know? And God, man, did he hit the fucking, he hit the wall hard, you know? Yeah, he didn't get up for a while after that, too. Oh, no. I mean, uh, he was grabbing his legs, so. I mean, his, he didn't want to go in that second round. His brother basically was like, look, you're going, you're going in. Yeah. Uh, Gilbert's like, look, man, you're, you're getting out there. You had good positions. But it's got to I mean, be very... I know we switched. We'll get back to the Chanel fight in a second. That's fine. But with Herbert, he had his jujitsu. He's very obviously very gifted in jujitsu. But trying to get somebody out with a submission and putting everything into it is the equivalent of trying to knock somebody out, putting everybody everything into it. It's great if it works. If it doesn't, yeah. If it doesn't work, guess what? You're exhausted. Not only are you exhausted, that happens on the feet. Yeah, you can get countered. But now you're exhausted with somebody on top of you. Not just somebody. With somebody who knows who's a black belt in jujitsu, so now we're in trouble, and that's what happened. What fight recently, Matt? There was some. I don't know if you remember. There was somebody uh, going for a submission, and he realized he didn't have it, and he stopped pursuing it. And they were saying how smart that was because of uh, you're not going to blow your arms. Like they knew he knew he didn't have it, so he didn't waste the energy. And I don't know if it was this week or last Saturday. I'm kind of annoyed that I can't remember that. Um, you don't know what I'm talking about? No, I do not. Right, let me fuck? see if I, I just, I can't remember what fight it was. I just remember hearing that. Bill Algio. Yeah. Am I pronouncing that correct? Yeah. Okay. Uh, very good jujitsu. And he felt comfortable. That's not the first time he was in a triangle. You know what I'm saying? So when he got out of that, and sometimes he'd look away and come down with the strike, not only is Herbert exhausted, but now he's now this guy's fucking with him. Now he's like, oh shit. Now he's like, this guy not only survived, he's got some juice. And then Herbert, not only did he, his body physically give out, mentally he was fucking done. So that's something to work on. Hey, what about Ricky Simone, man? Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. That was great fucking fighter. awesome, dude. And Jack Shaw, you know, I, I know you said he was very sure of himself. No, 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 no. I, I said, I don't know jack shit. He dropped. Well, Simone about, dropped him. How about Booth or both of them? We, we both stick. Uh, Simone dropped him and then jumped on him, but he he he, sta he staggered him and, and and dropped him. So, yeah, that was a beautiful finish. There was so many um, exciting fucking fights. I, I'm going all over the place though. But I there's a fight that really sticks out with me. How how great this person fought. I'm gonna guess. You're not gonna guess uh, it. Amanda Lamis oh. over uh, Michelle Watterson. 
well, I love that, but that's not what I was talking about. I, I don't want to see now you're making me take away from Amanda because now I'm not that wasn't the fight I'm talking about. But I will talk about it. I love that guillotine. I love that fucking guillotine. She that's a money guillotine. Now that guillotine yeah. was uh you're tapping and you're sleeping. Because Michelle was looking great. She had a she had a pretty good game plan, you know? But yeah, Amanda Lemos guillotine from hell, yeah. you know. And the ref didn't see her tap, but um, you know, she uh she did tap and she acknowledged she tapped. The ref didn't see it. Yeah. Um, and she was, you know, she was honest about it. She didn't see it, and she was honest. She did the right thing, and that's right. Of course, the, and of course, Michelle is very respectful, Michelle Waterson, and she did the right thing also and said, All right, yeah, you I did. I said, Uncle. And now, Michelle, Misha Tate was, by the way, and Misha has has one and two since coming back. Um, and I don't know if that weight cut is going to, you know, if she's going to want to stay at 125 or if she's going to jump back up, but she's in every fight. Uh, but that was, uh, that was definitely, it was a clear, clear win for Lauren Murphy. No, that's the person I was talking about. Oh, Lauren Murphy. Okay. Yeah. Lauren Murphy looked fantastic, Jimmy. Yeah, and it did. wasn't be, and you got to look who she fought. Nisha Tate did not look bad. She did not no. look bad, but anytime she stepped forward, she'd get met with a jab in her face. It was fucking awesome. It was like she, Lauren Murphy was so on point that it was like, I, if I didn't see her just fight Valentina, I would want to see that after that. You know, right. and I know she fought her and she didn't do well that well. She didn't do that great. And no one does against Valentina. But versus Valentina. But, no one looks good against her. But, um, but Jimmy, she either went, she looked so on point. She did everything, everything right. From her takedown defense to Misha, to her her accurate striking, to meeting her with the jab anytime she stepped forward. I mean, she wasn't overshooting her 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 um. Her, her, I gotta clean up my own language. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. No, no, because I was gonna say something off. But she she wasn't wasting energy, just throwing um, just nonchalantly. She was very, she was so strategic, and I'll tell you. It was like a good day of sparring. When she wanted to take down, she got it. She followed through with it. If she felt like she wasn't going to keep her down, she got up. She was striking. She did. I, I was so impressed with Lauren Murphy. I couldn't. I was watching it be like, man, she's just underhooking, pummeling, not being bullied. It was fun. It was something. It was awesome, Jimmy. Jimmy. Right. Yeah. Jimmy. Yeah, and yeah. Is it true? This is very tough, though. I, I love Misha, and I, and I love that she didn't. Uh, yeah. She did not quit, but uh, yeah, she was in trouble. Listen, it almost brings me back to our friend, new friend, Chef Andre, with the hiccups. Is it true that after John Jones, you didn't really blink before John Jones gave you that that kick? No, no, no. He, I, I used to get the guys to show me moves or whatever, just to feel no. it. He but put that, his he started the blinking. Oh no, no, no! I started blinking in childhood, probably okay. from other from other other things I going into other places. Cool. I thought he kicked you so hard that you all of a sudden you started developing that habit. Of no, I actually think he kicked me so hard I stopped for a while. He kicked the blink out. <laughs> <laughs> he put his fucking shin, dude. He put his shin in my upper thigh, and I, I had to go to the bathroom. I almost threw up. Like it was so. I'm not used to being hit there. Woof. Those leg kicks, man. Are, that's why I think that's another reason I love the leg kick so much. Um, it's just such a devastating weapon when it's done right. Hey, look, thank you to Chef Andre and, of course, the great Yair Rodriguez who was able to jump on with us beforehand. And um, we'll be back on Wednesday. Jimmy, we got to say, though. I'm not helping you. Shane Burgos 
Yep. I don't think we mentioned that Shane Bay, Sharon Burgos. Uh, Sharon, Shane Burgos. Shane Burgos. Yeah, he looked great. Uh, defeated uh, Charles Jourdain. And I'll tell you. Very close. A lot of the guys that were the underdogs came through. Yeah, I don't Why? know. I, I thought that Jourdain might have snuck that out, but I was happy to see Shane get it because I like Shane so much. And uh, uh, by the way, the TK over uh, Muslim Salikov was really impressive. And uh, we both picked against Jing Leon, which was uh, I wish we hadn't. We, we had a rough we had a rough go. And we both picked uh, Sum, uh, Sum, uh, Mudarji. We both had Sue. We both had uh, 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 Burgos, which turned out to be correct. We both had Misha. We both had Brian. We, well, one of us had uh, Amanda, and you took uh, Michelle Waters. Lee Yang. Pronounce that right? Ling Jing Leung. Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah. Uh, he looked fucking awesome. Yeah, he did. We took out Muslim Sakhalov. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good. Muslim Jackie, I'm, working on, I'm working on the way I pronounce things. And Muslim is 18 and three too. He, he's, you know, he's not an easy win. And again, after, uh, uh, you know, uh, Lee's, Lee's, uh, what was Lee's last fight? I, I, I picked against him. I wish I kind of wish I haven't. Oh, let me look him up. What was that last fight? Uh, mm, yeah, he dropped. Oh, that's right. It was Shumayev. Okay. Yeah. Tom's that. Yep. All right. Well, listen. He, came, he showed that he, not only did he come back, he came back with a guy that wanted to grapple him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, Jimmy. I'm so happy. Uh, good night of fights, Jimmy. Yep. You know, and don't forget to buy – oh, sorry, but I don't forget to buy Andre's book. Um, Chef Andre, really, really a great guy and a very uh, interesting guy to talk to. And uh, we'll plug, talk on Wednesday. Plug, what do you want to plug? I'm going to be in Denver this weekend. Ooh. Uh, Friday, Saturday at the Great Comedy Works. I also have uh, Rhode Island. I have um, August. I have Rochester. And I also have Minneapolis coming up. So come see me if you want. If not, I don't blame you. Hey, man. If you're anywhere near Huntington, New York, Long Island, that's where I am. Long Island, New York, I should say. You know, SarahBJJ.com. Hey, Jimmy, I like to have a good time. I will see you in a couple of days, and I can't wait. All right, buddy. See you soon. Goodbye, Jimmy. Goodbye, everyone. For 25 years, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters. Both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.